Welcome to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast. Welcome, Victoria Hume, Director of the Culture, Health and Wellbeing Alliance. Victoria, many thanks for spending the time with us. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, what your background is. I've read that you've run arts programmes at different NHS foundations and you're also a composer working on a project in South Africa. As you say, at the moment I'm the Director of the Culture, Health and Wellbeing Alliance, which is a a national organisation that is there to support everybody who's interested in what happens when you bring together the arts, culture and health and well-being. The reason I'm doing that job is that I have this background working with the arts in relation to health, which is something I've been doing for about 25 years. I ran a programme in London for about 13 years and the whole time during that, working as a musician as well. So after quite a long time doing that in the UK, I came and lived in South five and a half years and did quite a lot of similar work here setting up music programs in hospitals and and trying to work on big collaborative projects with research institutes and hospitals and and what exactly is the culture health and well-being alliance it's it's a membership organization we have four and a half thousand members and it's been set up as the arts council calls a sector support organization so we're funded by arts council and to engage with health and well-being uh, but our members are from all over the wide canopy of that world. So we've got people who are clinicians, we've got researchers, freelance creative professionals, we've got people who work in museums, and we try and we're trying to be a sort of hub for information and support for people that work in this area. And, and what role does the CHW have with the all-party parliamentary group, the APPG, on arts, health, and well-being? So we came into being partly as a result of the report that the All Party Parliamentary Group produced in 2017, Creative Health, and we have provided some secretariat support to the All Party Parliamentary Group. A lot of the recommendations that report is, is sort of form the backbone of what we're trying to achieve as well. The focus of the Alliance is, is health, but it's not just health care. It's trying to understand health in a more holistic way. So it's the 10th anniversary of the Monument Review and a revision came out of the Monument Review yesterday that's talking a lot about health inequalities across the country and the social determinants of health. And so a lot of what we do is trying to think about how the arts and culture can intersect with the determinants of health and not just health care. Another very important document that came out at the end of last year is the new World Health Organization Synthesis Review on the impact of the arts on health and well-being and that divides the impacts into two sort of broad spheres so there's prevention and management and treatment and I guess we're trying to look at both of those so we engage with Public Health England with NHS England uh, with local government. And are you finding it's, it's changed um, obviously since the period that if you're working on on this side of it have you have you found that people are more open like the NHS and and hospitals and other people are more open to incorporating arts programs into well-being and healthcare. I think completely changed. I mean, I've, yeah, I've, as I say, I've been doing it for about twenty-five years. When I first started, it was it, it was an extremely weird idea, <laughs> and it's, it's sort of on the verge of being mainstreamed. I would say. I mean, if you everything from the BBC running programs like Our Dementia Choir to the the state for health talking about the arts in relation to self-prescribing it's a much more accepted concept and I think as a general rule now people would would acknowledge that creativity and culture have an impact on their health and well-being but this that wasn't really the position 20 years ago and a lot of that is down to the sort of grassroots 
work that's just been happening consistently over the years. And do you find that the feedback's been really positive? You know, because when they've brought arts in, have you, has there been anything, has there been a standout moment at all? Of course you get those kind of joyous moments when there's a musician in the ward and it completely changes the atmosphere and you can see it's so palpable, the effect that it's having. What we're particularly interested in is where you can you can kind of form a sustainable relationship between a health provider and a, an arts provider rather than a kind of one-off um, instance, which is, can be very worthwhile, but it doesn't affect as a whole necessarily. Does I, that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. I think that's really nice. I used to run arts charities a couple of incarnations ago. People come to you with all different inquiries and queries, and I think what you've got, the whole concept of having like the regional champions is such a brilliant mm-hmm. idea. Because um, it empowers those people, it empowers regional, you know, independence and connectivity. I think it's a really cool thing. Um, Great. I mean, it is. I think it's it's quite central to the principle of the organisation. Yeah. But, you know, the real strength of this work is the grassroots practice that's been happening yeah. forever, um, but hasn't necessarily had the the credit or the spotlight that it deserves. And it, it it's about local relationships that have been formed and sustained over long periods of time. Bringing it back to biophilic design and, and how we incorporate nature and, and life into interiors, actually, just, you know, work, I mean, that could be workplaces, homes. From your own experience, mm-hmm. you said you've run arts projects and, and in hospitals, you've put artwork on walls. As I mentioned to you, the, the reason I set the company up was because I saw the difference that putting artwork on walls really completely made a difference and um, reduced blood pressure and helped delirium in, on, a, on a personal level, you know, the family member. And that's what made me mm. set up, this is my driver for the company. You've incorporated, you said arts in hospitals, did you say? Yes, so I run a hospital arts program in, at uh, Royal Brompton and Harefield NHS Foundation Trust. And that started very much from visual arts perspective. We started with commissioning new work and holding exhibitions and thinking about the kind of uh, the physical environment of care. Mm-hmm. And then it moved a bit more into working with the performing arts. We ended up with quite a big live music program and, and trying to think about how uh, also quite sort of targeted interventions. We, there's still a very strong singing for breathing program at the hospitals. And yeah, so I, I do obviously recognise exactly where you're coming from in terms of the impact that, that these interventions can have in quite an immediate way on people who are spending time in hospitals. This connections between nature and art are are quite interesting in those spaces and that that need to be sort of reconnected with the idea of the world outside uh, there has also been quite a lot of research into exposure to nature and that's re- that and the relationship with one's health mm-hmm. which is underpinning a lot of the social prescribing work too mm-hmm. i think um as you say i mean because we, we, we put things in workplaces and it's quite interesting you know the sort of feedback some people like blue, some people like pink, some people like, you know, blobs and all that kind of thing. But so finding something that's kind of universal that people are all going to like, it tends to be, you know, basically images of nature that people kind of respond to on a kind of universal basis. So, yeah. um, I mean, I was always a bit, I, I, I guess you could, there's, there's two options in a way. You can go for that is that is a sort of, as you say, sort of aspiring to a kind of universality. Mm. Or you pick things that are going to create a response that may or may not be negative or positive. And, and I think um, some of the work that we put up in the hospital wasn't, people didn't necessarily like it, but they could still have a conversation about it. Yeah. And for me, it was partly, there's a sort of agency in being able to have a response to a work of art that's quite unusual in hospital most of your relationships you you don't have a lot of agency in that space you're kind of out of control of what's happening to you Mm -hmm. a fair amount of the time in a lot of your 
a lot of what's happening is done to you and then if you can have an opinion about a work of art or a musician coming into your space then there's some value in that even if it's not necessarily that you love it or want to take it back to your home (laughs) it's because it's then it's your um it's your it's your thought isn't it you're kind of self-generating um something you can control i suppose your opinion isn't it really yes exactly and it's it's a safe thing to have an opinion about nobody's gonna you know you you it's it can be quite hard to sort of exert any to, yeah, to be assertive in those spaces, I think. Um, I'm not saying that you should deliberately try and put up provocative work, <laughs> but it's it's. I think there's a space for work that isn't necessarily aspiring to that kind of universal appeal because it's quite a difficult thing to manage. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I've done quite a bit of research on on delirium actually. So um, and I'm so thinking, fine. That's a real yeah. subject. That's an obsession of mine. I'm Is about it? to give a presentation. Oh, seriously? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I've written a couple of quite long pieces of music about delirium, which I'll send you the links to. Oh, please do. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll attach them to to this uh, the podcast things. Only as I said, this I've done all this research on 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 literally biophilia, sort of the, the, how nature and pathways and colours and balance and has had a positive mm. impact on helping reduce delirium and how. That's so interesting. Yeah, and then, like if you've got. And is it something to do with people feeling? orientated because that's obviously such a big component yeah yeah i think there is i'm actually i'm interviewing a lady um next week um sally augustine and to talk about the sort of psychology of it and what happens to Mm. like the neurons in our brain i'm putting that in like layman's terms it's probably she's probably going to say no that's not how you've described it at all (laughs) um but i'm i'm quite i'm really quite interested in in how that works you know what are the triggers how does that work there's definitely research that suggests that nature is a very important thing and that we need to have access to it and that exposure to nature improves our well-being on numerous levels Likewise, there's lots of research that suggests that exposure to the arts improves our well-being. Yeah. But I'm not sure that it necessarily means that you have to have art that is of nature. But that doesn't mean that you can't. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> no, exactly. It doesn't mean to say that one's, you know, one is is better than the other. I suppose, or one. I mean, like. No, absolutely not. Yeah. I think. I mean, there's some really interesting work that's trying to bring the two together. Um, I was reading a case study yesterday of a project at uh, where was it? I think it was in Yorkshire that's kind of bringing together um, being in nature with artworks and mindfulness mm-hmm. and trying to sort of understand yeah just just seeing what the well-being benefits are of those three things all together mm-hmm. yeah but there's loads of amazing there is a lot of amazing stuff that's happening in hospitals around the country and the two that really the alliance come back to the culture of well-being alliance it's the coming together of a number of different paths in some way. So you've got the, the prior to the existence of the Culture, Health and Wellbeing Alliance, we had two national alliances. There was a, a national alliance for arts, health and wellbeing, and one for museums, health and wellbeing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the people involved in both realised that there was a lot of common ground, so we've come together to be this new, larger alliance. But but even within that, the, the two, the t- I guess two of the big sort of, um, energies that have come into the, the creating the alliance are from the community arts so I guess the sort of participatory social movement in a way that the 60s and 70s and then this hospital arts this tradition of hospital arts which has been going since I guess well it's been going forever but, but there was a real sort of resurgence of energy around it in the I guess from the late 80s onwards 
So those two streams of interest have come together into this alliance. So it, it makes for quite an interesting mixture of ideas and histories. Mm-hmm. It does. I think it's a fantastic thing you're doing. Um, you mentioned that you've got a conference coming up back home, back in uh, back in London or around the area. What, what is that exactly you said? It's a national conference. It's on the 19th and 20th of March in Derby at Derby Museums, who are doing amazing work around health and wellbeing. And, uh, yeah, we're looking at the, the overarching theme is care. And within that, we're looking at care for the environment, care for each other in terms of how do we support practitioners to do this work and um, and caring economies. So it's sort of about thinking about not just the work, but how the organisations are structured and how we can think about inclusive growth, I guess. Or, yeah, trying to tackle big structural questions, I guess. <laughs> The other thing to mention is that it's Creativity and Wellbeing Week on the, from the 18th to the 24th of May, and that is a national festival. Anybody can submit events, um, and they can be any kind of event, as long as they're free or, or kind of cost recovery. And it's big national festival for this work, so it's a chance to, people to, to kind of get together and amplify what they're doing by joining up for this big week, and all the events are listed on a site that... It's like a central hub for all the information. So it's a good thing to be involved with. Well, Victoria, many thanks for your um, for your time and for your insights onto the cre- creativity and the arts and well-being and, and how you're pulling it all together. And I, I wish you luck at your, with your talk tomorrow. And um, Thank you, yeah, and good luck with your work as well. I really hope it thrives. It sounds fantastic. That's lovely. Thank you for listening to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast.